0: Welcome to the Disruptive HR Podcast. If you want to do HR differently and are looking to improve your skills and influence, why not check out our website, disruptivehr.com. Hi, and welcome to another podcast from Disruptive HR, where we talk to people in the HR profession or around the HR profession who are doing things in new, different, interesting and innovative ways. Now, we haven't done a podcast for quite a while, uh, all sorts of reasons, mainly it's just we forgot really, we just got too busy and, and forgot to do it. But this one is definitely back with a bang because I have to say... We work with a lot of different types of organizations and working with this particular client has been one of my favorite projects. Uh, It has just been so exciting. And not only have they kind of listened and taken the kind of advice that that we gave from disruptive HR, they went so much further than we could have hoped. And that's what I really am hoping we're going to get today is a sense of how SUSE, who's the topic of conversation today, the work that they've done all around changing performance management into something that they call Sousa Sync. So, for those of you who are watching this, you might be wondering why we've got Sousa Sync as a backdrop. It will all become clear. It's the rebrand that they gave to their new approach to performance management. So, that's a bit of a long intro, but I just wanted to kind of set some context. And now I can go on and welcome Jill, Jill Hunt, Uli, Uli Kirshner from Sousa. It's so lovely to have you on this podcast. Hi. Hi, Lucy. We're delighted as well to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. Tell you what, before we dive into exploring what you've done differently, can you, maybe Jill, talk a little bit about your role and Uli's role and just give us a kind of two-minute snapshot about what SUSE is, size of it, number of employees maybe, what is it you do, just so people who are listening to this can put it into context. Okay, uh,
1: so. I'm Jill Hunt. Um, I'm the talent director at SUSE, and I've been with the company now for about five years. Uh, It is an absolute pleasure to have this brilliant team uh, that I work with at SUSE. Our our role and Remit is is quite broad, Uh, so talent director, responsible also for performance approach, uh, development at SUSE, onboarding, there's probably a longer list that I've forgotten. Uh, <laughs> that's our remit. But but SUSE as an organization is an open source software company. And Uli is best place to really give the insight to that. We're quite unusual in that we are two and a half thousand employees, but spread over 37 countries. And that in itself um, brings huge yeah um diversity of thinking huge positives but also some challenges particularly when you're trying um to have one approach that's going to fit all right how can that yeah. possibly be the case when we've got such a diverse
0: culture And it might mean as well that you've got perhaps some areas where they don't have an HR team ready to support that they're that they're a bit thin on the ground in terms of that central support so you're having to do perhaps more from the center
2: Absolutely. So, Uli, I'll hand to you. Thank you very much. What a pleasure to be here. My name is Uli. I'm working for Jill's team. I was part of the Susan part, but also focusing on leadership development in other pieces. But of course, first and foremost, performance approach was a big one. And just about Susan, I think this is why this was just such a pleasure we met, right? How we came together with HR Disruptive because with our open source sense, so we're producing literally open source operating system for our customers, very technical. And if you're going into the open source world, it means we are open and providing even our source code to everybody who wants to put their noses in. Mm. And I think it's just proving um, that we think a lot about openness, honesty, transparency. And we have lots of people being really self-organized, having a high level of intelligence. And I think this is the beauty and it fits so nice into our job area for what we do for Jill and the entire team, but also what we did about Susa Sunk. And thank you very much for inviting us to
0: talk about this beautiful experience we had. Oh, it's my pleasure. Right, let's get into it. Let's start off with the issue that you were trying to address. So, you know, when you think back, and it was sort of twenty twenty two, you started thinking about it. I think wasn't it? And then kind of got launched in twenty three. What was the challenge that you were trying to overcome by moving to a new approach? What was wrong with the old system?
1: All right, perhaps if I kick off, and then I'll I'll invite Uli. I mean. I I'm, I tend to be fairly analytical, and I do like a I do like a data set to sort of <laughs> interrogate. Um, and we were investing this huge amount of time, right, centrally into our mid year, our year end approaches, and yet something seemed out of sync because when you looked at our employee engagement survey. The data coming back from that was saying we were only mid-range versus the tech sector. When it came to questions like, you know, I understand how my role supports the goals of the organization. I'm clear on what's expected of me and I get enough feedback. You know, the scores on those questions were only mid-range versus the tech sector. And and I'm personally not very happy with mid-range. No. Um, so it was, it was something wasn't quite connecting all this time and investment in time, not just from HR, but clearly from leaders in the business. And yet people were saying those things.
0: So yeah, and those things relating to the kind of drivers of better performance, having clarity, making sure that you're aligned with the priorities, being coached, the kind of basics that drive performance. They were saying, I'm not getting that.
1: Yeah. Or, or, you know, we were we were doing okay, but yeah. mid-range versus the tech
0: sector, not great. So that they were some of the challenges that... And did you have a kind of sort of, you, you know, what we would say is a bog standard performance management approach where you set objectives at the start of the year, you collect feedback mid-year or end-year, you give a rating and that drives bonuses and salaries?
2: Yeah.
1: That was um, the, the what we said was traditional approach, and largely it had been an inherited approach that we'd inherited from Micro Focus, which was a previous owner of the organization. Uh, and honestly, we hadn't dedicated much time to really thinking, was that right for SUSE? So, Uli, what what about you? Do you think there's any other challenges we were trying to fix? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. And as I mentioned before, collaboration is really a piece for us And we have also been hearing, despite all the data we got, anecdotal feedback, that people have not been really started lifted up running th- through the process we had. Yeah. It felt always like we chase people up. I include myself. I never made a secret <laughs> out of it. And Jill <laughs> wanted to remind me, Uli, could you do your assessment, please? In yeah. time? And we heard this from many people. It was just, and we centrally controlled this, right, as an HR function. And I think the process itself was not fit for purpose anymore, especially as we had lots of changes within the organization and we wanted to get standalone. And we were in the phase where we had the opportunity to really see, okay, maybe now it's time to do our own thing, what we need at SUSE for all of our people. And I think these had been the challenges we tried to really improve, but also giving way more flexibility to people when it's coming to this process, right? Because it was, as I said, a bit of kindly phrase, a bit of bothering people and
0: it shouldn't be right. It shouldn't be like... Oh, no, and I, I think, don't know. You, know, you know, and I've led teams and, um, you know, as a leader, if you're, if you've got a tool or a, a process that helps you improve performance, increase the motivation of your team, you kind of bite people's hands off for that, don't you? You know, you'll use it. And yet there we are having to chase managers to complete it. So something, as you said, Jill, you know, something wasn't connecting. There was a kind of sense of, look, we're doing all, everything that we should do, In terms of the established wisdom around what performance looks like. And yet these things aren't ringing true. So, how did you go about involving your people in terms of giving you feedback um, about um, what their thoughts were?
1: Well, we needed, before we went for feedback, we needed to start with ourselves, right? Because, we needed that external input and re-education about what does good look like what's out there and what are the different approaches people are taking um and and insert stage left (laughs) (laughs) really helped us um expand our own thinking about possibilities and different approaches so I think it started with our own self-education piece and that was um, for the project team that that we'd established, but also some some key partners from the, the wider HR and people function. So that was
0: our start point. And you, you were know. incredibly open as a team, which isn't always the case. Uh, is that just sort of symptomatic of HR at Sousa? It's curious, it's open, it's interested, it looks up and out. Is that kind of just part of your culture? Well, I, th- I think,
1: as Uli mentioned at the beginning, you know, being an open source organisation, it is absolutely critical to our values. Yeah, uh, and we'd like to say we live by those. It doesn't mean to say um, that it that it hasn't had its challenges along the way, um, and not uh, everybody was, you know,
0: no, up and open yeah. to it.
1: But it it, it definitely helps when we're coming to the organization with different ideas and new approaches, because it is part of who we are. Part of your DNA. So we
0: be open. And, um, so listening. you'd expanded your horizons, you'd got informed, you'd got educated about what's possible. And then um, one of the first things we talked about was let's get the insights from the people the employees and the leaders and managers who are doing this and um and so you did a, a a survey was it a kind of stakeholder survey focus groups that kind of thing
1: yeah so we we started with if i talked to sort of some of the stakeholder interviews we we segmented our uh stakeholders into different groups so we started with stakeholder interviews for our exec team and key leaders and that was more of a Um, one-to-one interview to to get their input on what was working, what wasn't working um, in terms of our existing approach. Um, And then we we wanted input from the wider organisation, so both leaders in the organisation and team members. And that's really where we went to a
2: survey. Um, Uli, do you want to talk a bit to to how we we dealt, dealt with that? So with the initial surveys to our leaders, but also to our people, it was important for us that we understand what's not working well right now for them and what would they opt for, what they need, what can they envision. And I think these two, it sounds a bit trivial, it was refined in several questions, of course, but I think these major data points helped us really understanding what is the case for change. Yeah, and why are we bringing this up? And this was also very supportive. What you gave us, Lucy, from being the tech branch, because this is really important. We need to see what other tech companies are doing, but also what our people really want. Yeah, and we were we were clear, and we're not mentioning this, honestly, for approaching a new performance approach. Tackling such a project, this was a beast for me personally, right? I think you have once in a while in your HR career ever the privilege working on such, right? And I think we had a high desire also to make it right, but not right in the sense of being prescriptive. But really through those focus groups, through the surveys, we've understood more what they don't like and what they would like to have. And I think this was also a moment for me where it clicked in what we really need to get rid of, right? And we, we heard about the rating piece. This is something which was challenging since ever for many, many HR people, isn't it? How many rating conversations did we had? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, but I think it was so clear and great data points we gained through this which then allowed us also to really demonstrate this back to people and also including them, the leadership team, right? We could tell That's them cool. sorry, what, the, what they said. We could just simply then could tell them what 500
0: people told us, right? Yeah. What yeah. They want to. <laughs> and having that um, direct feedback is so vital um, because it can't be ignored, can it? And they were, I think, you know, very consistent in the messages that, that you were being given about what wasn't working. So in terms of kind of co-creating, building up something that led to your new approach, can you talk through what the key elements in your new approach um, are, were and are? What, what is, how, how did it become different, your approach to performance management? So
1: first of all, we scrapped the centrally driven um, uh, approach. So we removed mid-year, year-end reviews that were sort of pushed out from the centre and and highly tracked. Um, you know, we very much wanted to move away from that sort of centrally driven approach to something that that worked for the individual. And actually, the key part of it. Um, and SYNC and is uh, an acronym. We use it fairly lightly, actually, but it, it was setting you in control and it was very much about putting the individual as the only person that can ultimately impact performance. you know, it's not my leader who's given me some feedback. It's whether or not I act on that feedback. Um, it, it's up to me if I'm not clear on what's expected of me to seek that information. Yeah. Um, and it's it's up to me if I'm going off track and tracking my own performance to go and get help. And, you know, you're only the person that can run the marathon, no matter how many um, training partners you have or fitness watches you have, it's only going to be you that starts on that start line and and either finishes or not. so So it was very much about putting the individual at the heart of the performance approach with the leader's role very much as the coach and the people's functions role as as there to provide best practice, tips, easy to
0: use different tools to, to help people along the way. And, and, and so, I mean, you've kind of, you know, just dealt with it very quickly, but that's just such a fundamental shift. Instead, excuse me, I'm just going to cough. <laughs> that's just a fundamental shift, isn't it? Instead of performance being something that is done to people, it's something that I own as a grown-up employee. I'm going to own it for myself. And and if they choose not to, then fine. But doing more performance management to them is not going to make them a better performer. It's how can they be encouraged to be interested in own and drive and seek the tools like feedback that can help them improve and that's where performance improvement comes from um, which is kind of why we're doing it in the first place um, yeah. you got rid of ratings the dreaded ratings
1: did get rid of ratings
0: yeah absolutely.
1: <laughs> but very importantly because our survey uh Um, that you mentioned both from individuals and leaders overwhelmingly that the feedback was still that there should be differentiation so um, removing ratings uh, doesn't mean that we then don't differentiate when it comes to reward decisions. Um, It just provides more flexibility in the way in which you might differentiate. Absolutely. Um, Obviously, all tied to a clear set of goals and expectations and that ongoing feedback. So there should be no surprises when uh, rewards are differentiated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is one of the the kind of inhibitors for many HR teams. If we get rid of ratings, how on earth are we going to pay bonuses and salaries on a differentiated basis? But it's like, well, you're having more conversations, hopefully. Um, You're able to still differentiate, but it becomes more about the leader's view on that rather than a rating which drives it. And uh, so it's it's not not doable, I think, but we worry sometimes, don't we, in HR that it's going to be done properly.
1: And look, we've still got more to do there. We've we've only just come into the end of our first cycle of SUSE Sync and those conversations um will will literally be happening over the, the coming month. So um, you know, it's still yet to be seen how that works out, and I'm yeah. sure what what will happen. Um, and we've said as a people function, no doubt at that point there will be leaders and teams that realize actually it's hard for me to differentiate, perhaps because we've not yet fully got on the SUSE sync boss. and and that's okay. I think that's the view we're trying to take. We know that there'll probably be some challenges and Hiccups during yeah. this uh, bonus allocation period. Yeah. Um, but also we're providing that flexibility to say, you know what, actually, if um, if there isn't really solid reasons for
0: differentiation, then don't. And don't. Exactly. We um, don't, we're not don't, into guided distribution or forced distribution here. No. Um, but no. I think, you know, the there will be some managers that will struggle to justify and explain and articulate why they've arrived at a particular bonus level or salary increase level and um but they would have ex- they would have struggled to explain why they gave a particular rating um but at least they have to own it and that gives you an opportunity to at least work with those who think they might struggle to have some of those more problematic conversations. Um, let's move it on there because I'm obviously conscious of time, but um, I'm just keen to kind of have a little bit of a chat about the way in which you relaunched this with a real marketing view. I mean, it wasn't just giving people information and telling them the new system. You really kind of embraced this whole approach with, you know, you talked about Sousa Sync. Um, Can you just talk about some of the the language changes, the the marketing, the branding, the comms work that you did, because a lot of effort went into that.
1: It it did, definitely. And uh, let let me just kick off and then I'll get to to build. Some of our inspiration, and I think as well as the co-collaboration for The approach, um, when we we were feeding back to some of the focus groups, we wanted a name, right? So so we actually co-collaborated on what are we calling this? Um, what's going to get people's attention? And there was some chat, as you were, always happens in these calls, threading down the side. Yeah. And we saw this brilliant bit of inspiration about uh, about Sync that had been voted for as the favourite name, and someone built on that with the NSYNC Sync song. Um, and uh, and so our creative juices just <laughs> ran away with us to the point um, where we decided we were going to do a full lip sync video and rewrite the lyrics to a famous uh, NSYNC song called Bye Bye Bye. And that gave us an opportunity to have something really um, on brand because it is something that SUSE uses. You can go to the SUSE YouTube site and see these uh, brilliant music videos um, that really talk to our products. So we thought, yeah. why not stick with that same kind of very SUSE feel, which is, you know, fun and let's get people involved to spread the messages. So that was one of the things we did. We wanted something hugely Uh, different i suppose for our for our launch so that that was uh having
0: seen that video it's absolutely fantastic i remember when you sent it to me i just burst into tears because i just thought it was so brilliant and so innovative and and it's also very funny you know, because you've got people from across the business waving bye-bye to ratings and the old system. And, and it was, you say, it was upbeat. It was fun. It was enjoyable rather than perhaps in HR, we can be a little bit dull sometimes and make, you know, sort of rip the fun out of things. So it was different and special and really enjoyable. Um, but I think you took a, a kind of, a, you looked at the language you you were using right across the piece, didn't you?
2: Well, thanks to you, I guess, Lucy, because um
0: the first time we we have been spoken,
2: you gave us feedback about, yeah, good ideas, but the language is quite stiff, right? It's not resonating with people. Mm. It's an HR language. Mm. And I think you sense is really you, you you've made it gave us a feeling that we're still checking in. What's the right language? Does this resonate with people or is it again HR language? So what we try to change was as we wanted to have people really at the core of everything to drive their ambitions. We we're not talking longer about employees. We talk about team members. We do talk about team leaders to make this really easy as well, mm-hmm. right? Normally we have all the letters and it making it complex for what? And I think this was this was a massive shift already. And we're not talking about performance management. To be honest, recently I heard it in another call again where someone just used it and it's like I I I noticed myself having a very non-empathetic allergic reaction even to it so just to prove yeah. how far we went I think and this is the core thing it's a performance approach and guided by you with all your feedback you gave to us in order to encourage people really to be part of it and showing the flexibility it has I think this is just even this little piece of language I think so important when we launched it we did some quizzes around the language as well to embed and gave us all. Re- also very positive and hilarious answers, right? But I think this tweak in those languages were really, really important and still are. And we have been embedding them even in SUSE Grow again, right? So this is a fundamental thing at
0: SUSE. So I think, yes, thanks for the learnings you gave to us. Oh, it was my pleasure working with you. So um, people are going to think I've paid you to do this in a bit, Uh, but um, no money has exchanged hands, I can assure you listeners. Uh, I want to just come to both of you because I'm I'm, I'm hoping that there'll be different answers for both of you. Um, Uli, I'll come to you first. What would be your biggest learning from this, if you were going to be doing this again, or there's people listening to this who were about to embark on the journey that you went on and getting rid of that old fashioned performance management and moving to something different, what would be your biggest learning?
2: My, one of my biggest learning is definitely be flexible while you're going and don't be afraid of this big thing. Mm. It's just something I learned from, from the beginning, very old fashioned performance management don't touch it no you touch it if you think you need to because your people needs it people first and foremost and you just be brave yeah what i definitely recommend everybody going a similar way over commute with and communicate with your core stakeholders. I can't remember how many l ones L2 meetings we had before, <laughs> in the middle, after just to get our executive sponsors. Yeah, I think it has been more than 30 meetings or we can't even count, but over communicate to everybody you involve them and just go for it, try it and take it agile, learn the way you go. We still are not there yet. Still have a long way to go, but this is, these are my biggest learnings and you go with those being positive on it first. Ignore a bit on those being really on the, just a bit hesitant. They come automatically and trust the process.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good point, isn't it? You know, don't worry too much about them. Don't, don't wait until you've got everybody on side before you move forward. You're always going to have some resistance. What about you, Jill? What would be your key learning? Yeah um I, I think you know
1: it, it's never one and done um there's a lot of effort involved in the thinking, the planning, excitement over launch. I mean, we talked about just a few of the things, but Uli led a a whole engagement month during January with over 1,300 of our 2,500 people attending sessions. So there's a lot of excitement and energy that you put into getting things launched Um, and probably if I was going to look myself in the mirror and then onto the new next shiny thing, um, (laughs) of course it isn't one and done. And, you know, we've had had a lot of leadership changes. So those 30 meetings we've, we've got to, you've got to just Just start again. Um, so it's, it's just that continuous, um, and, and when things are going off track and starting to People are starting to wobble. Just reiterating that it that it's okay. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. But neither was what we had before. Absolutely. It was far from perfect. And is it better? Yes, it's better. So um, that those kind of messages, uh, I think, ringing in my ears. Um, I think that's that's
0: a really good point, that there's a tendency, if things are going a little bit wobbly, that you begin to look with rose-tinted glasses to the old system, and actually you have to keep front of mind what was not working with this. Why did we change it in the first place? Yeah. you talked about new and shiny because I know you guys never stand still and you're now looking at sort of keeping going with the Sousa Sync, but you've also got some other things that you're looking at. So it's Sousa Grow. Is that the, the next thing that's on your list? You want to just give me two minutes on that, what that looks like? Well, actually, we launched it in September. So, um,
1: yeah, so we went from kind of January launching Caesar Think, April actually, as part of Think. You know, career and development conversations are yeah. crucial, but our team focused on leadership development. Um, uh, so, so we really challenged ourselves to say, how can we provide a much broader professional development offering? Utilising um, the seventy twenty ten model of yeah. learning, taking a lot of learnings from uh, the way Google um, do learning. Yeah, and I, I guess from a starting conversation in April to September, um, led uh, mainly by Uli, Taz, and Gwen in my team, we've uh, we've now launched SUSE Grow. So, um, just adding, I think to the suite of brilliant opportunities for people.
0: And you mentioned, was it SUSE Seed, which is the little bite-sized bits of learning?
2: Yeah, Julie, do you want to talk to Seeds? We've and we've been looking around what other com- companies are doing, and they're doing micro learnings in the sense of they offer a platform where people can learn from people to people so what we have been encouraging people now with the susa seeds to share just easy knowledge you can transfer have a good meeting have a good feedback session how can i use properly powerpoint right whatever it is whatever people think it's a use it's a use for others they they bring it in a certain format of course you can think of our branding team has helped us again a lot we have a full set of branding and we even can bring those the seats into LinkedIn Learning with a personal or company-wide access now for us. And it's such a beautiful micro learning where we see from others what you can do. We just recently got from one of our peers, a very impressive piece, how ne- you negotiate in such an easy fashion. Three points, thanks. We learn. And I think we, keep, we have to keep this going, but a lovely activity.
0: One thing I didn't mention um, that I know worked very well for you in terms of helping the uh, one-to-one conversations, helping both managers, but also team members to engage in that check-in, that sync up, um, rather than following a form. How do you help those better conversations? And I think you developed some questions didn't you for managers have you got have you got it there we can maybe for those people who are watching this they can have a a quick look at it on screen Um, yeah we've
1: got here's one we prepared earlier (laughs) so mm. uh, we've got um so for leaders and actually these go out now in our welcome kits we have an onboarding welcome kit at SUSE and you say whether or not you're going to be joining as a leader or as a team
0: member right uh, you get your um we so we've got coaching conversation cards are there for the managers are they
1: yeah and, and then leaders. conversation
0: cards are for the team members Yes, that's it.
1: Yeah, so it's, so it's got all your key conversations and you might think in a tech world, you know, this, this. by the way, we consciously uh, selected the paper even so that it was very environmentally friendly. Yeah. Um, but we have digital versions of these as, as well, of course, that people can access. And
0: it was- But I, I think people like a physical product with this kind of thing, don't they? You know, we've got our conversation toolkit and it's a similar thing actually to have something that you can have a look at rather... Than everything being on an app, I think sometimes works in this situation.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, and and right into sort of the more difficult conversations that we get asked for help with as well, which of course is the other end of the performance approach, but equipping not just the leader to have the difficult conversation. But there's an equivalent one in the individuals pack to say, how do I go and ask for help if I know I'm going off track? So they kind of mirror each other. We're just yeah. about, in fact, literally this afternoon, we're about to do our um goal setting leaders session. Um, and there's a team, a team guide for having
0: a team meeting to
1: align on goals. Right. So
0: it's it really nice, short and to- sweet, you know, yeah. not not what not long training programs, not kind of big policy documents, but just just some kind of real bite sized um support materials i think goes down so much better Definitely. i'm going to wrap things up now i could talk to you guys for ages uh, because uh it's always so refreshing to hear what you're doing and as i say said at the start you know you take ideas but then you run with it and you take it even further and um and it's been an absolute pleasure working with you on this and i'm so pleased that it's it's going i know this is not you said it's not one and done and i totally get that jill i think it's uh, it's a good Message, it does need it does need uh, relentless attention. But as Uli said, it's also about not not putting that off. Actually, being brave and saying no, we can do this and we can change it. And your testimony to that. So, thank you for being with me on this podcast. I'm uh, I'm sure people can connect with you on LinkedIn if they've got questions, maybe about uh, things that uh, they uh, want to know about. But just thanks for taking the time to to share with me today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.